0: The Guernsey Press Sport Podcast is brought to you by Upgrade Fitness. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into Ireland sport. Fantastic to welcome a new sponsor to the show this week. Our thanks to Upgrade Fitness for their support. More on that to come. On this week's episode, we'll hear from Bailiwick boxing star Billy Lupulan, who's in action on Friday night in what he says will be his final fight as a Guernsey resident.
1: It'd be nice to have a good performance for Everyone that's come to watch me over the years is there's guys at the dinner boxing club that have been coming since I was 11 years of age. So I'd like to put on a nice big explosive performance for them and kind of get their money's worth out of their ticket. And Billy swapped the ring for the
0: octagon last weekend, supporting MMA man Josh Ozan from his corner as he secured a British belt at Beaux A look back at the longer-awaited lock-in round seven on the way.
2: Being able to fight at home with your home crowd is pretty amazing. The crowd was incredible. Coming out and you've got everyone cheering for you, it's an unreal experience and I would try and express for everyone if they want, if they've been considering it, to go ahead and do it. Especially women, I think it's so important.
0: Also this week, as Guernsey's cricketers prepare to kick off their season by hosting Hampshire's Academy, we'll hear from two of the men
3: on the New Look Island selection panel. When we have the 50 over in Torinchilla here in September at home. You know, I don't want to be walking around like I've done the last however many years, you know, chatting to somebody that should be playing that that isn't because they don't want to, because for whatever reason, it's not a compelling proposition for them or or whatever it may be, whatever reasons there are for why people haven't been playing that, that really should have been over the last however many years. And we'll touch on two
0: initiatives aimed at giving people a start in sport, the upcoming novice triathlon and a free event this Saturday, all about making cycling more accessible. All of that to come, I'm Tony Kerr, and to get through it with me is the Guernsey Press Sports Editor, Gareth Prevo. How are you, you doing? How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thank good, you. Good, good. Um, a packed show, it's fair to say, this week, a new sponsor, um, and a slight tweak to the schedule as well. From now on, um, look out for this podcast, the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast on your podcast player of choice every wednesday morning um that's the plan anyway that's the plan that's we'll, the we'll plan. try and
4: stick to it for at least a couple of weeks
0: because <laughs> <laughs> we have got a, a packed packed schedule of sport coming up over well the next few months haven't we um yeah we'll see how we get on with that um it is going to be a very busy few weeks ahead lots of sports chat to bring you it was one of those weekends wasn't it there was loads going on there was loads of potentially great stories not all of them came off the end probably um sort of most disappointingly, I guess the hockey, where Guernsey's men had a chance to make it through to a national final away um, at the weekend, um, but lost at the semi-final stage in the end.
4: Yeah, it just seemed that everything seemed to be stacking up against them in the in the week leading up to the, the semi-final. Tony, um, they lost sort of regular captain ADP through injury, also lost Tim Ravenscroft and Sam Dawes from sort of like their regular squad. They've been together all season, so they um, there was a couple of youngsters drafted in, and I mean it was still a strong squad. But um, it's always going to be difficult when you're sort of trying to integrate new people. And, you know, obviously you're going to be up against a very good side, whoever you play in the semifinals. And uh, Tunbridge Wells, I think, just got off to a flyer. And I think they were 4-0 up by half time, the, the hosts in that one. Guernsey kept fighting, you know, credit to them. They, they scored a couple of goals after the interval, but they ended up going down 5-2. So it, it, it's a shame that the season sort of ended on that note, having done so well to, to reach the last four of a national competition.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other one that we were keeping an eye on closely at the weekend was Tom Tears, who um, was away fighting in the National Amateur Championships Elite Division for the first time and um, went there uh, with very high hopes, second seed overall, but um, but unfortunately came unstuck in the quarterfinal stage um, on Saturday, um, which was a shame, but I'm sure um, Tommy will be back for more. And one man who'll be right in his corner, whether literally or from the other side of the world now, is another of Guernsey's leading lights in the box boxing ring of course billy lapullan who's been very bullish about tommy's progress as he hands on the baton as the headline act at the big local shows Billy's announced plans to take some time out from the sport to go traveling, um, but still very much has his eyes set on competing at the next Commonwealth Games in a few years' time, having, of course, made history by winning his first fight at the Games in Birmingham last summer. He hasn't been in action at all since then, but will bow out for now at Friday night's dinner boxing show at St. Pierre Park. He popped into our studio at the Guernsey Press to talk about
1: Friday night and what the next few years have in store. It's kind of a last hurrah for me, my last fight in Guernsey. As a kind of a Guernsey resident, I suppose, um, leaving the island, end of the summer, and kind of embark on a, a travel, kind of a travel experience and a, an, ex, an expedition as such. Um, over the next couple of years, just see a bit of the world, and, and I'll take boxing with me. I'll still be training and bouncing around gyms, but. Uh, in terms of competing, I don't think I'll be back in a ring until maybe 20, 20 uh, 24, 25.
0: Keen to go out sort of swinging, go out with a with a bang?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it'd be nice to have a good performance for everyone that's come to watch me over the years. As there's guys at the dinner boxing club that have been coming since I was 11 years of age, so I'd like to put on a nice big explosive performance for them and kind of get their money's worth out of their ticket.
0: Yeah, and obviously you've put so much into the sport um for for a number of years now and uh, you know a couple of commonwealth games and and you know a pretty successful commonwealth games last last year i mean does it feel like for you personally you need a bit of a, a break from it and a, a bit of something different
1: i think so i've had a break since the games i've not been in in action uh, since august since i, I bowed out of the game so in terms of break wise i feel like i've had a a significant break it's going to be a A kind of learning experience away being in new gyms new environments and i'll imagine i'd probably get the bug back for it because that's normally what happens i say i'm i'm stepping away from it and then the minute i announce that i'm not going to be having a fight for a while i'm chomping at the bit to get back in so yeah it's going to be good fun
0: how much work have you been able to put in ahead of this one then on friday
1: I've been ticking away in the gym now for a couple of months, getting back fit. So it's just a continuation of, you know, all the all the groundwork we've put in over the years and just getting that sharpness and, and ring fitness back. Yeah, good stuff. And what, what about the opponent
0: on the night? Do you know much?
1: I don't really tend to look into it too much. I just say to, to Ben and Mandy, get me the best available opponent and let them do that. And I just go in there and focus on what I can do.
0: Yeah, cool. So in terms of like your sort of long-term outlook, then, um, is another Commonwealth Games, is that still something in the back of your mind?
1: Yeah, 100%. Hopefully, you know, I'm still able to, to qualify for, for the next games. And once again, it'd be such a privilege to compete for Guernsey in, in the games. I was unfortunate in the last games uh, not to come away with a medal. Um, I think look at the draw next time round. Uh, I think I'm, I'm good enough to be there. I, I can mix it with the best. I've just got to prepare well and, and get in there and, and put my performance together.
0: Yeah, what did you take away from that, that Birmingham experience last year? I mean, obviously, as you said, you haven't been in the ring um, since then. Did you feel like you wanted to take a bit
1: of time out after it? It had been a long season. That season started for me 14 months beforehand. I was in the gym multiple times a week, like five, six days a week. I was training for for 14 months and coming towards the end of that season, I was just ready to, to have a break. I'd picked up loads of little niggling injuries I was having physio a couple of times a week and it was just a slog. But I was able to get in there and had a couple of weeks rest after the national championships and that gave me a little reset, gave my body a little bit of time to recover. So going into the Commonwealth Games, my injuries were, were very minor. It was just aches and pains more than anything. So I was able to get in there feeling 100% and I performed pretty well. Didn't perform my best in the in the fight I lost, but it's, it's the way it goes. Sometimes some days you turn up and... Some days you don't, and it wasn't my day, and I was beaten by the better man.
0: So it sounds like yeah you know, your boxing journey is very much not over, even though you're going to be taking a bit of time out to to go away. How do you see yourself kind of keeping up that that sharpness uh, in and around traveling and and coming back from that? I mean, if you were to take a couple of years out entirely, do you feel like you'd get back in shape? Yeah, for that that Commonwealth Games next time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I had two years out of the ring with with COVID, so I come back better, stronger, more explosive, and um, put put better performances together after the back of those two years and and you know I've I've spoken previously on here about my mental health and through the through the covid time and the, that period I wasn't really in the gym at all so I think with these two next two years ahead of us if I can stay in gyms and and get good sparring in and and good coaching in then I'll probably come back better than than I have been so I'm excited to see where I'm going to be in a few years' time.
0: With Friday night, is your swan song. I'm looking at the rest of the card, um, what, what kind of health are you leaving Guernsey boxing in as you, you sort of head off for, for shores uh, further away?
1: I think the baton's going to be passed on uh, to Tommy Tears. He's going to be taking the reins and he currently is our second most experienced boxer in the gym. And although he won't be competing on Friday, uh, he'll be away at the Amateur National Championships competing Saturday and Sunday. He's the number two seed, so... Uh, he's got a little bit of pressure on his back, but it's well deserved. He's he's continuously put the hard work in. You know, the time he's been in boxing five five six years now, he continues to put the graft in, and he pays due diligence and he listens to everybody in the gym. If someone's got a bit of advice to him, he is more than you know happy to sit there and listen and be critiqued. So, I think the baton's being passed straight to you know the, the best possible candidate. So, I'm looking forward to seeing his kind of uh transition through to continuously topping the bill and I think he's capable of of overachieving or, or, or achieving more than I and I possibly have. Um he's got the uh the right attitude and he's got the the grit and the determination to put the hard work in. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes with it. In terms of Friday, we've got we've st- we've got a stack card. It's the most stacked the card's been in a long time. So we've got four skills bats. We've got Leon Watson, uh, nephew to Brad Watson. We've got Frankie Veron. We've got Nolan, buttery. We've got Cody Domar. And then the juniors, we've got Liam Watson, Jacob Jones, and then youth, Arnie Watson, also brother to Brad Watson. And then our seniors is Ruslan, Martin, Aimon Prevel, Scott Little and Jamie Wilson and myself topping the bill. Yeah, so it's some interesting sort of varied fighters there as well. Yeah, we've got quite a, a diverse crowd, really. We've got guys from, you know, different different countries competing for us. We've got Russell and Martin, you know, they're both both from, from far in Europe. And everybody has a different boxing style as well. It's, it's amazing. You know, we've got some textbook boxers who do the basics extremely well. And then we've got the likes of Scott Little, who's very flashy, and it works for him, you, I kind of look at him in the gym and it winds me up, so I'm like, <laughs> you shouldn't be getting away with this, but you're getting away with it. So it's, uh, we've got a good a good, a good, good crop coming through and it's nice to see so many young juniors and, and youths that are really interested in competing. So in terms of going forward, I think that conveyor belt is, as long as these all stay in the gym and, and, and stay competing, I think the future is looking bright.
0: That's awesome, and for you, you know, I suppose looking back as as a young boxer coming through and then eventually sort of topping the bill and being the kind of the figurehead, I guess, for the sport locally in the last few years. How how important is it to have someone you mentioned Tommy Tears before, who who kind of is there to sort of to get the crowd going, set the standard, and 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 yeah. kind of lead
1: the way? Yeah, I mean, James Warnoff passed me the baton, and and although we're different personalities, uh, I, th- I think our our boxing styles kind of echo echo in, you know, the the, the sports hall and, and, and at St Pierre Park. So I think Tommy Tears he's he's got a similar style. He's he's now learning how to to really sit down on his punches and I think in years to come once he's finally developed, fully developed into his into his man strength, you're gonna see some more explosive performances from him. So I'm looking forward to his development through in the seniors now.
0: Yeah, brilliant. And it sounds like you might be spending a bit more time in Alderney kind of going forward as well. Yeah. Um How much are you looking forward to that?
1: Really looking forward to it. Both my sisters have kids now. So I um, know one of my other sisters is pregnant. So I'm really looking forward to being able to spend some family time with them because the, the most time I've spent back in Alderney in the last 12 years is 11 days. And I'm going to be back there for potentially two months. And obviously with my niece and nephew running around now, it's it's exciting. And... Of course, my parents love having us back, so it's going to be a nice a nice couple of months getting to spend some wholesome time with the family.
0: Billy Lepolan speaking to me there. Um, yeah, in action on Friday night, his final um, bout in Guernsey as a Guernsey resident. I'm sure he'll be back at some point though, won't he? <laughs>
4: Yeah, you just you get this is going to be swan song part one probably because um, yeah he's been such a such a, almost like a legendary figure now in Guernsey or in Bailiwick sport and let's you know let's not forget he's an ordinary boy really because you know after he won his is bout in Birmingham last summer it was the ordinary flag draped round his shoulders and rightly so but um, he's he's been such an ambassador for sort of the baili- Bailiwick boxing clubs and uh, yeah I wish him all the best and yeah hopefully he'll be back in in Guernsey colours. Uh, come Victoria 2026. As I mentioned,
0: he was also in the corner last weekend as lock-in round seven brought the big cage-fighting spectacular back to the island for the first time in five years. A packed house at beaux was treated to a whole host of fights across a range of disciplines, with home headliner Josh Ozan capping the night in some style with victory over Jersey's Pedro Fernandez to claim the British lightweight Muay Thai championship belt. To look back on a big night and talk about where the sport is headed in Guernsey, Josh, join me in the studio alongside Georgia Blumpson, the only woman on the card on Saturday night. The top-down view of Saturday night, um, how was it? How are you feeling after uh, after being in the, uh, in the Octagon? Yeah, pretty sore.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a really good night. Uh, obviously, I didn't get to see too, too much of it because I was heading off the top of the card. But um, from everyone else's feedback, it's, it was a really, really good night. Um, and everyone said that it was probably the best lock-in yet. How much did you get to see Georgia, because you were fighting as well?
2: Yeah, so I was uh, later on in the show, so I didn't get to see any of the ones before me, but I got to watch all of the MMA bouts, and I got to watch Josh's fight, which was great. Um, The MMA guys did really, really well. I was super impressed.
0: And it's been a long time in the the making, five years since the last one.
5: That is um, correct.
0: Did it feel like the the atmosphere in the room, um, uh, kind of the, the sense was there that there was a lot of anticipation for it and people were enjoying it?
5: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it, it was a pretty long build up, especially for our guys as well. Um, to get that many people competing on one night is always a bit of a, a bit of a mission. Um, but we had an amazing corner team, et cetera, that actually helped through the process.
0: Cool. And let's talk through your fights. We'll come on to you in a minute, Josh, because no there was a belt in it for you. Um, Georgia, yeah, how, how did you get on and, and how did you find this experience?
2: I came out really, I, I was quite confident for this one. I felt really, really good in the changing rooms, warming up beforehand, hitting pads. I was the more experienced out of, out of the two. Um, but she came out strong. She came out really, really fierce and fair play to her. She did really, really well. Uh, it was a close fight. I mean, watching back on the videos, you, you don't really remember much of what you did in there. But watching back on the videos, you know, my, my training came to plan. It was, it was doing well, but she just scored on points. She did, she did great
0: when you feel like you've got it all in control kind of going into it you know the training's been good and the preparation is well I mean can you do you just sort of walk away and say well I you know I did everything I could do
2: Yeah absolutely you can only learn from the experience so she she got the win um but you know, watching back, there's things I can work on, there's things that I didn't do very well, there's things that I did great. So you just go back to the drawing board, we start again and on to the next one.
0: How important is it to have those opportunities to actually kind of you know, test yourself properly? You know, obviously, it's been a while um, since the last event locally. I mean, are you able to get away and compete like this, or is this are these the only opportunities you have?
2: Um, it is a little bit harder going away. I mean, we went to Jersey in November and I competed in Jersey. That was a really good show. Um, it's a little bit harder going to the UK because then you need to start looking at maybe sponsorship and things like that. Um, so being able to fight at home with your home crowd is pretty amazing. The crowd was incredible. You're coming out and you've got everyone cheering for you. It's an unreal experience. And I would try and. Ex- Express for everyone if they want if they're been considering it to go ahead and do it, especially women. I think it's so important, and we need training partners and we need sparring partners and we need more women in the sport. Full stop. So definitely give it a go if you're tempted.
0: Oh, we'll perhaps come on to the opportunities um in a minute that, that are available. Um, Josh, in terms of your fight, um, you were top of the
5: bill, um, and it, and it went well. It did go well, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was it was a weird fight anyway because. I was obviously looking at getting matched for an MMA fight. Uh, I prefer fighting MMA. I couldn't get matched and neither could Pedro. And Pedro was actually someone I'd consider a friend in the fight game. Um, so that was, that was a strange experience having to fight someone that I've known for so long. Um, but yeah, it, it obviously went well. Um, I went in there with the... The thought process that I was going to try and fight like a Thai fighter, I really wanted to adapt to that. But unfortunately, the MMA fighter in me came out (laughs) (laughs) and I went back to being a little bit more explosive and, uh, you know, putting him onto the back foot. But yeah, I mean, it did work for me, Um, sort of adapt and overcame to the situation. And yeah, it it did go well. So I, I can't be upset with my performance it just wasn't necessarily the one that I wanted to put on <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh you take the win I think
5: yeah 100% <laughs> obviously
0: there are a lot of different disciplines uh, on display over the course of the night for the layman I mean how different you know is MMA from white eye and, and and kickboxing and
5: yeah that is a really good question I mean they all they are very very different in their own ways um Even things like the way you stand, the way you would set up shots. Um, For example, if you tried to stand in MMA like you would in boxing or in kickboxing, um, you would get taken down literally over and over again, as I found out in my first fight about (laughs) 12 years ago or something. Um, And yeah, so I went in there basically as a striker that knew some ground game in my first fight and I found out that that doesn't really work. Um, I was like a yo-yo trying to stand up every two seconds. That was the most exhausting moment of my life. Um, I learned from that pretty quick. But yeah, I mean the difference between, so obviously uh, Thai boxing is more knees, kicks. Uh, You obviously do use some hands, some clinch work, which is obviously where you tie up the head and you can throw knees from that. Uh, Boxing obviously just hands, but boxers tend to stand a little bit more side on. Um, They fight at more of a mid range, whereas Thai boxers tend to fight at more of a longer range. And then again, you know, K1's very similar to Thai, really. There's just a few minor, minor differences. Um, but with MMA, you tend to. It, it's a lot more chaotic than it is systematic. Um, you can never really prepare for what's going to happen in an MMA fight because anything can happen. You know, the one thing that you can predict is that it's going to be pretty unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned
0: boxing there. I think you had Billy LePoulin uh, in your corner. I, yeah, I did, yeah. And, and, and helping you out. I you mean, know, how separate are uh, the sports of boxing and 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 you know what you saw or what everyone saw on, on Saturday night or, or is it now a bit of a continuum between this whole kind of sort of bevy of disciplines if you like
5: yeah so when I first started out I always said like the the one good thing that I personally felt for you know Guernsey combat sports would be that if everyone just starts working together right um and actually that's that's now kind of happening and you know we're, we're helping out some of those guys those guys are helping us out and actually there's a lot of things that work in both that you wouldn't necessarily think of, um, and actually hearing it from someone else's point of view is is really helpful. Um, I've I've done you know quite a bit of work with Billy. Um, he's taken me on the pads quite a few times and helped me with some training, um, and actually that's been very insightful. Um, so yeah, I mean I've obviously been helping with Tommy Tears with some of his strength and conditioning coach. Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, his strength and conditioning coaching. Um, so yeah, there's there's a little bit of a of a merging, not not merging, but like a, a a process where we're starting to help each other out, and it's it's a, it can only be good, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, it's great to hear, and, uh, Georgia. And stuff <laughs> like, you know, there are lots of different, there's lots of different disciplines, lots of different ways into the sport. You mentioned like attracting kind of new faces and particularly new women. Um, kind of what what, what kind of people is it for, and and yeah, you know, where where do you think those those new faces could come from?
2: They could come from anywhere. It's it's not for anyone in particular, but if you're looking for something you know, different, if you're looking to challenge yourself there, there's so much in the whole process of even not just training, but competing. You know, you, if you have to cut weight, if you, you're training all the time, you have to start running more often. And that's the one thing I really struggled with. I am not a runner, (laughs) but you know, we have to run quite a few times a week. And eventually you get into the process of it and it's just, it's incredible how much you can commit to something and you sort of impress yourself. But I mean, before, um, before I started martial arts, I danced for years. So I did all sorts of different types of dancing. And then I was like, where am I going to take this? You either go off island and go to dance college or something. And that wasn't quite for me. So I was like, let's try something new. And I loved it from day one. I knew it was something I wanted to keep doing. And here we are.
0: Yeah, it's quite an interesting pivot. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: is an interesting pivot, yeah.
0: And it's a sport that has kind of yeah exploded in popularity, hasn't it? And attention mm-hmm. in the last I don't know, well, decade probably, but in the last few years as well. Have you noticed a difference in the appetite for it from you know this this year and in the audience on Saturday night to, to five years ago when you had the last show?
5: Definitely. Yeah, I mean we've we've got more people training now than we've ever had training ever. Um, it's it's actually incredible to see a lot of a, a lot of the younger guys are coming up um, but equally we've got a mix of all ages as well so it's not just you know any one type of, of demographic it's it's actually across the board uh, all age, all ages all, all genders um, are coming in and trying it and that to me is 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 really cool. Um, you know it's it's nice to see such a such an influx of people that are looking at better in themselves. Uh, sport and fitness, confidence-wise. Um, I was actually saying earlier, you know, some of the guys who fought on Saturday night, the smile on their faces afterwards, having done it, is what my job is about. Uh, that's why I started Black Rock um, to help people and develop them, um, and that was ultimately the real win, in my opinion. um Yeah, that that that's amazing.
0: And what's next for for Lock In? Are we going to see round eight?
5: I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a good question. Um, it's always on the cards. Uh, I have to speak to the guys who organise it and see see which way they want to take it. Um, we're definitely up for it. Yeah. So see, it, it really depends on on what the others want to do. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. And what's next for you, Georgia?
2: just go back to the drawing board and start start <laughs> training again for the next one really it's you sort of come out of it and you're not sure where you want to take the next step but then you give it a few days and you're like no okay yep yeah, ready ready to get back into it now see what's next
0: fantastic well thanks for hobbling in <laughs> George and georgia it um, been a pleasure to chat and um, yeah we'll catch up uh, some point soon thank you very much thank you Josh Ozan and Georgia Blumpsom speaking to me there and you can read more coverage on lock-in round seven in Thursday's Guernsey Press. Right let's tell you a bit more about our new sponsor Gareth are you a gym man? Never really have been, Tony. uh, My
4: activities always sort of like involved a ball sport somewhere along the line, but uh, I probably should be, to be honest.
0: Well, maybe uh, the new upgrade fitness uh, space behind uh, the doghouse on the Rohays will be enough to coax you in. Mm. If you've driven past there, um, it is uh, looking pretty impressive. Not open yet, but it will be on the 1st of June. It's a new state-of-the-art gym and fitness center, purpose-built for gym-goers by gym lovers. It'll feature the latest in high-tech equipment unmatched anywhere locally, and offer professional trainers, free classes, infrared saunas, and plenty of parking. If you're interested in upgrading your fitness, you can get a sneak peek at that new Rohe space at an open morning on Saturday, the 20th of May from nine o'clock till one o'clock in the afternoon. And you can head to upgrade.fitness online to find out more, including details of a special founder's rate available to anyone who signs up before the official opening on the 1st of June. You can also find more on social media on Facebook and Instagram upgrade fitness is the place to go thanks to them for their support of the show um, right Gareth time to talk cricket because um, yeah things really starting to uh, step up a bit for the islands um, best well and club cricket kicking off soon as well of course but um, for, yeah for the islands uh, leading men um, they've got quite a big week haven't they Hampshire's Academy um coming over to offer them um yeah I guess a sort of first real test of this new Jeremy frith era
4: <laughs> yeah it's gonna it should be um, a decent weekend of cricket Tony there's um Uh, you're bound to get a very good opposition out of the Hampshire Academy, and um, it's a mixture of T20 and 50 over games, so... um the New Ireland squad, I, th- I think they're going to be using a, a couple of dozen players over, over those four days. So um, it's a good uh, window of opportunity for our our players to sort of really put their names forward for um, what the big challenges to come, certainly in terms of inter and things like that later in the summer.
0: And they've had a couple of run-outs already, haven't they? A couple of uh, inter-squad games um, to get them um, sort of prepped for, for this first sort of serious outing of the season. Um, I mentioned Jeremy Frith there, and you mentioned um, the number of players um, who are going to be involved across the weekend. Um, he's brought on board a, a couple of familiar faces um, to help him, I suppose, put together the squads that are going to um, move Guernsey Cricket forward this summer and, and going forward. A new five-strong selection panel has been formed, um, including yeah, someone well-known to you as well, Very well-known, yes. <laughs> yeah, My
4: brother Stuart is going to be chairman of that selection panel. Obviously, he's, he's had plenty of experience. I mean, he played... Um, I think he played a 16 Inter my brother, and he captained the island side for half a dozen years as well. He was um, very successful in that time. He was uh, part of a very strong side which um, enjoyed success in World Cricket League Division 7 and 6. They went out and won in Malaysia very memorably. Um, yeah, so he's going to be a part of that selection panel, along with Gary Rich, who was part of that side as well, with uh, Frithi. And uh, Rob Thompson is joining them. Um, obviously, one of uh, Guernsey Cricket's big administrators. He sees probably more cricket than anyone, Rob Thompson. So um, they, along with uh, Captain Josh Butler, will be um, will be heading things up when it
0: comes to the Island Men's Squad going forward. Yeah, it's an interesting move, isn't it? And we wanted to find out a bit more uh, about what, was behind the idea and also um, what the thinking is in terms of uh, that sort of strategy of having um, five um, selectors on a panel going forward. And yeah, we joined um, your brother, Stu LaPrevo and Rob Thompson down at the KG5 in the sunshine a couple of weeks ago um, to find out more.
6: Basically, Tony, we wanted to we wanted to be very transparent about how we went about selecting teams. Frithy came to me and asked me, originally he asked me to sort of get involved in a bit of a more of a coaching capacity, which I couldn't really commit to with work and everything with obviously Josh, who I work with, being the island captain. One of us needs to be about when they're playing sort of thing. So it was a little bit of a uh, a no for that. But the the selection thing I thought was a great idea because obviously I, I spend a lot of time here at work anyway, watching cricket. So it sort of fitted for me um and where where frithi and i saw it going was to get people involved who obviously watch a lot of cricket who are involved in a lot of cricket and um so the five of us now so frithi myself uh rob thompson gary rich and josh butler as captain uh former a selection committee and that, that, that's sort of how it's come about really
0: yeah brilliant and rob's alongside us as well um rob how
3: pleased are you to be involved in, and sort of yeah see this new approach to, to squad selection yeah very i mean obviously it's 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 very flattering and um you know nice to to, to now i guess have some sort of involve, involvement at representative level having done you know only club, club cricket for so long um i guess it must mean i must be around here far too often and watching far too much cricket to justify um justify being involved but no it's 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 great and hopefully i can kind of like bring a, a bit of a link from from the club obviously that i work with and and, and a lot of those lads and try and You know, just sort of improve that element of things as well going forward, which is which would be obviously to everyone's benefit. Um, both you guys, like you say, obviously sort of
4: at cricket all the time. Do you find sort of since the pandemic happened that there's a real appetite amongst Guernsey's perhaps, I don't particularly like to use the word, but the elite players perhaps um, to actually get back representing the because They haven't really had much of a chance over sort of over a four year period. It's been very limited for them.
6: Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, speaking from my experience playing back for Guernsey, you always want to play games for Guernsey. You know, it, it's it's great and. This year we've managed to put together a nice fixture list, um, including lots of old faces like MCC, obviously the old the old enemy jersey a couple of times, but we've actually got some new trips as well. You know, we've got um, the Hampshire Academy coming over and we've got... Um, trip to holland in in august which um, again is really really good we've got germany coming in that as well so yeah i think the appetite for the guys is really good you know obviously sitting out here today the sun's shining we've had a bit of a, a dodgy march it's it's never great to be inside training all the time so you know hopefully a nice little spell of dry weather now and people will really get the bug back and it'll, it'll be something really to look forward to
0: in terms of the way this selection committee is going to work then is that kind of a throwback to to sort of former years or is it a new way of thinking
6: well to be honest with you when I first started playing for Guernsey long long time ago I remember there being three selectors and I didn't really know much more about it I didn't know if the captain at the time got involved in that or if um, the the guys selected it and then picked a captain out of that team or what I I don't really know and then that was very early on in my days and then when we got a little bit further down the ICC route we got into um, a sort of we we had manager roles so we had managers we had a a coach which in my case would have been andy cornford from sussex at the time and obviously myself as captain and the three of us sort of like if you like made the the selection panel um whether it was going away picking a 14-man um touring squad to go to singapore and places like that or whether it was just games against mcc over here or whoever it may be jersey um more recently, with uh, the likes of Ash Wright and Nick Pothas involved, it, it was a bit more coach and captain because um, those two guys had, you know, that they spent a lot of time together and that they tended to pick the, the teams. So, obviously, Frithy was involved a lot of the time, when I was involved, so he's seen a lot of how it works and how it can work. And maybe, you know, with a with a five man selection panel, it's a little bit of a broader, you know, a broader view. You get you get a lot of different views. Two people could potentially. Have their favourites or whatever. Um, whereas five five people choosing is actually it's quite a nice conversation. It's not too many, but actually it's it's quite a nice amount
0: of people to be able to, have to sit in a in a in a room with and have a chat with. Probably over a curry and a beer. But <laughs> 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 and uh, Rob, do you think um, it gives us a better platform to to make sure that
3: the the kind of the, well, the best players, the right players, are in the right squads at the right times? Yeah. Totally, and obviously that's that's so long as we get it right from a selection perspective. We've we had a, a couple of more informal meetings ahead of our first selection meeting a couple of weeks ago, and dare I say, Stuart went really, really well. Um, all pints remained on the table throughout. Um, we came to to some really, you know, really, really good choices and decisions, and it was a, it was a really good conversation that we had throughout. So, I think. I would say probably over the last few years, the the club cricket side of things is in 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 some areas has gone a bit tribal. I think that's that's really good for domestic cricket on the pitch, and we've seen the last few years some you know some really really decent intense games of club cricket being played. But I'm not sure how positive that's been from a representative level. So I think the group that we've formed from a selection perspective, I think can can really help with that. Um, I've personally, I think, I've already started to see that um and i think we've we've got to you know really work on that you know that that kind of differential between between the two and have everyone pulling in the same direction and i think if we can do that i think we'll inevitably get some more players back involved that people spend too long wondering why they're on the sideline watching games rather than playing in them and it's it's only going to help everybody um, and the actual program of games, I know. Sort of speaking to Frithy when he came on the podcast, it was
4: initially sort of thought that because of the way the intrinsic T20s and things like that would work out, it would almost be a, a spread of half the season T20s, then then go into a longer format. But um, as I understand it, it's, it's going to be a, a slightly different and perhaps more
3: um, uh, mixed approach when it comes to um, how the program has worked out. Probably a couple of months ago, it was the way it was shaping up in terms of fixtures and tours and trips, it was looking like it might split, you know, working up towards um, T20 I and Torinsula's middle of the season, and then obviously the 50 at the end, that was potentially how it was going to go, but Hampshire come in, we're going to play both formats, the MCC that here in May is again a 50 and a 20, we did have a week in, in Holland, a 50 over cricket that's now going to be split with some T20 I's, so it's not happened like that as such, but I think what we are in a position to be able to do, and we've already started to slightly do this with our selections, is look at you know some 50-over players and some 20-over players that maybe wouldn't have been in, in the past when it's kind of felt like it might just be one squad for for all cricket. So we've had a look at that with, with the games that we've got coming up. You'll see a couple of players in the longer format and a couple of players only in the shorter format. And I think it's important that we recognise that that's possible, show players that that's something that we are comfortable with and happy with Um, and again it's just about making sure that, that what we can pick and put out on the pitch is the best that it can possibly be it's also a case of actually, you know, if these teams like Germany want to come to Holland
6: to meet us meet us and play us, who are we to turn them down? Do you know what I mean? We want to play as much cricket as we possibly can uh, as, an, as an island set up. Um, and it's, it's always sort of been the case. Obviously, it's been a bit more difficult over the last couple of years, but hopefully now going forward, we can really put together decent fixture programmes that people are going to really want to be involved with. And, you know, obviously availability is a, a key thing. You know, a, a week-long trip to Holland for people might not be the thing but actually you know we're we're more than happy for people to say look I can make the the T20 part of it or I can make these three days, can it work? You know, it's absolutely not a closed door and we really want people to to feel part of it.
4: Perhaps narrow it back down to from 10 years back down to this one year. I mean, if we we were to meet up again sort of end of September and a couple more beers maybe, um, what would you like to be able to say that we've achieved sort of so far or as a selection committee, what would you like to have achieved over these, these coming few months? I
3: think for me, obviously results aside, you know, you want to win every game of cricket. I think, what I want to do when we have the fifty over interinchally here in September at home, I wanna walk around that boundary and I wanna be having conversations with players that are good enough to play but aren't out there playing because because they've not been picked. You know, I don't want to be walking around like I've done the last however many years, you know, chatting to somebody that should be playing that, that isn't because they don't want to. Because for whatever reason it's not a compelling proposition for them, or, or whatever it may be, whatever reasons there are for why people haven't been playing that that really should have been over the last however many years, just want to walk out there and or, or come down here and enjoy the day and see us with a really competitive side out there with, you know, with with no question marks over who's in and who's not, other than simply because they're all bloody good options that that we can't quite pick from from fourteen or fifteen great shouts.
6: I think from my point of view. Um... Rob touched on it before and it made a very good point. You know, the club scene in Guernsey has been really good over the last couple of years and maybe because of COVID and obviously us not going away, everything has been focused on club sides. So, you know, those club sides have got, um, you know, a bit more bite about them and everything like that. And the one thing that I, from from a personal note, if you like, I mean, I always, I really enjoy club cricket, you know, back in the day, you know, we had some really fierce tussles with people, but then... When we all put a Guernsey shirt on i I felt we were all wanting to be there for Guernsey and wanting to be part of a team and occasionally in the last couple of years i I haven't felt that's been the case and so for me massively is you know if if you're picked to play for Guernsey it's a a huge honour you know it's, it's great you know there's there's probably 30 40 50 guys who are playing club cricket you, think, you you lucky swine you know I'd love to be doing that and actually been able to go to Holland or, or wherever and so actually to, for you to be one of those guys is is a massive thing and just for for the for the privilege of doing that and you know wanting to do that I think that's something I'd really like to get a little bit more back in into the into the fray if you like
0: Stuart Le Prevost and Rob Thompson speaking to Gareth and I. More coverage of Hampshire Academy's visit to come in the paper, so keep an eye out for that. Um, right, time to hear about two events aimed at bringing new faces into triathlon and cycling. This Saturday, a host of local organisations and providers are coming together at Beaux Ajour to showcase some of the opportunities on offer in the island when it comes to cycling. I caught up with the state's Activate Inclusion Officer, Caroline Barby, and Alex Costin from the Health Improvement Commission to find out more.
7: So the idea came from uh, I realised or we realised that quite a lot of people were trying to do some really great things around inclusion um, with cycling and um, accessibility to cycling um, but all sort of small pots of people trying to get things done so we all came together um, so that was looking at sort of elite paracycling, looking at uh, adapted tricycles and bringing them over to the island, looking at affordable cycling and then um, adult cycle skills and all those sorts of things. Um, and we thought we'd bring them all to one event to try to make cycling more inclusive on Guernsey.
0: At the moment, as things stand, how inclusive is cycling in Guernsey? There are There a lot of people who, who, who don't have access to, to either do it just sort of recreationally or as a sport who, who perhaps could do with, with a bit of help and guidance.
8: Yeah, I mean, cycling is a is a really fun, enjoyable sport, but it's also a, a way of getting around and commuting, and we'd love to see more people um, getting out their cars and, and thinking about walking or cycling. Um, there are barriers to cycling, and hopefully, this event will try sort of help to to break down some of those barriers that maybe people perceive, um, because. At the end of the day, bikes can be accessible, and there are um, options over here to to get secondhand bikes, um, which we'll be previewing at this event. Um, and it might be that someone lacks a bit confidence, so we're also trying to address that. And we've got some bikeability instructors, hopefully, who'll be there on the day, and we can talk about some adult cycle skills courses that are going to be available. So, so there are barriers, but hopefully, cycling is is also a very inclusive. Um, leisure pursuit and and, and a way of getting out there keeping active which is, is so important for your health
0: yeah, is it more kind of the equipment itself that perhaps not everyone who would want to partake in cycling, whether yeah, whether that's just getting around or as a sport, that they don't know exactly what's available and actually bringing it over and putting it in front of people is the way to get them over the line, if you like.
7: There's currently no way or no place to buy adapted tricycles on the island, um, but that's about to change um, with Ian Brown's um, importing some from the Netherlands soon, so that we're going to demonstrate at the event. Um, but there's also not just physical and practical reasons why people aren't cycling, but there's also, um, you know, there's not many women, for example, when you look at um, people out cycling on the roads in groups, it's predominantly men. Um, so there is a big barrier in from a gender point of view as well. So we're going to have um, a prominent female cyclist, Andrea Nightingale um, at the event. And, and she'll talk a bit about her own experiences if people are interested. And she's, we're looking to launch um, a British cycling initiative called Breeze. So that's um, women only bike rides that um, run throughout the country. So you can go on the website, put in your postcode and you can find your local Breeze ride. Very, very sort of, um, inclusive bike rides for women um and so she is looking to lead those rides um hopefully from the summer in guernsey um so that's that's also really exciting
0: yeah how how does your role particularly caroline sort of dovetail with sport then because yeah it's sort of there's an interplay with sport there but do do you feel like you've got an important role to play in, in bringing new faces into cycling but other sports as well
7: The Activate programme definitely um, covers sport but also physical activity so um, the umbrella um, certainly covers this type of event Um, and I think you know the more people that we're getting physically active um, the more people are going to eventually potentially choose to go into a more sporting environment Um, and if they don't then they're still getting active so that's the most important thing.
0: Caroline Barbie and Alex Coston speaking to me there. That free event takes place this Saturday at beaux and will be running in the afternoon from three o'clock until six. Now, finally, looking ahead to next week, if you've ever wanted to give triathlon a go, there's an opportunity to get a feel for the sport ahead of the next novice triathlon, which takes place in May. I spoke to Amy Critchlow from Try A Try to get the lowdown.
9: So coming up um, in the middle of May. So on Sunday, the 14th of May, we've got our annual Guernsey Novice Triathlon, um, which is a, a triathlon for everyone. So everyone can have a go at it. It's a, a short pool swim, a short bike and a short run. Yeah, Fantastic. so we're trying to we're trying to get as many people to, to take part, trying to get the word out that it's, you know, anyone can have a go. It's a have a go event um grassroots like just grabbing whatever bite you've got as long as it's safe um doing it with friends doing it with your family coming along just swim bike run um having to get all those three and uh putting together a triathlon
0: yeah brilliant and obviously looking ahead to the Island Games um, the triathlon events the the full distance and then the, the relay are kind of bookending the week and they're mm-hmm. going to be two quite eye-catching events um, and so you were saying this is a you know you want to capitalise on that opportunity really to, to give people a, a sort of window into what they're perhaps going to be watching in July
9: yeah definitely um, I think this is the year to try a triathlon with um, the Island Games coming up in, in July we've got a lot of um, volunteers a lot of marshals coming down to help with our events and hopefully lots of spectators as well lots of supporters so you know just to get people inspired and motivated and really connect with the event um it would be great if if we could get as many people having a go at a triathlon uh, before they come down and spectate and support us um at the games
0: is it something you might look to repeat after the the games as well perhaps if people have sort of yeah picked up a bit of inspiration
9: yes definitely um we try to do a second um sort of novice triathlon in September, beginning of September or t- towards the end of the tri-club season. So that would be an open water swim because, um, you know, the sea will be nice and warm by then. <laughs> Similar distances, again, just to have a go event. Um, anyone can give it a go. Uh, yeah, so so another opportunity to have a go, an open water version of a triathlon. So, you know, people can bookend their, their season. So beginning of the summer, having a go, a, a pool-based one, and then at the end after watching all the games and all the action over that week, can have a go at an open water.
0: And the event itself is going to be very accessible and, and obviously open to to absolute beginners. And if anyone kind of wants to get just a, a bit of a, a an eye on exactly what's in store for them there, you've, you're putting on a bit of a, a taster session, aren't you?
9: We're doing, yes, we're doing a um, little taster session next week. So Wednesday, the 26th of April, um, that's going to take place at the sort of event base, which is St. Sampson's High School um, at 6 p.m. And what we'll do, we'll just get people coming down. Um, you can bring your, your bike along because we'll do a a little kind of um, recce really, sort of part of the bike route. Um, we'll have a, a nice group ride, really easy pace, bring whichever bike you, you want to try. Um, but we'll also answer any questions, come down with any kind of questions around what to wear, you know, what the routes are. We'll go through what the routes are. We'll, we'll do probably a little kind of triathlon transition practice which is a lot of fun um which is the part of triathlon people maybe you know a little bit um need a a little bit of help with I don't really know what that's all about but the bit between the swim the bike and the bike and the run it's coming out of the pool where's your helmet got to put your helmet on change shoes and all that kind of stuff so we'll do some some transition practice but it's it's all very kind of low-key just a bit of fun um and like I say we'll, we'll Probably get on the bikes and maybe do a little spin around the the route just to, so people know what's in store, a bit of familiarisation. Um, yeah, so anyone that has signed up already, but are also thinking about signing up, um, come down, bring your friends. Um, just come down and ask us questions.
0: Amy Critchlow from Try A Try there. Right, before we leave you, Gareth, um, quick look ahead to the weekend. Where are you going to be? Um,
4: I might well pop in the North Social on Friday night, Tony, because it's the Channel Island Championship final for the uh, men's snooker. Uh, Adam Shorter up against Aaron uh, uh, Canavan from Jersey, who's uh, I think the defending champion, if my memory serves me correctly. It should be a cracking game. Those two are sort of, um, have shown their ca- class and calibre over several years now. And um, yeah, with Adam having the home advantage, you never know, he might just be able to edge out the, the defending champion
0: okay well cheers gareth enjoy that and enjoy um whatever you're doing this weekend our thanks um, to upgrade fitness for their support of the show we'll be back next wednesday with another guernsey press sport podcast um in the meantime do give us a follow on social media if you're not already at gsy press sport is the place to go and for comprehensive coverage of everything happening in local sport pick up a guernsey press six days a week thanks very much Cheers. cheers tony